Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, March 16th. The more you share with others, the more you will receive in life the blessing of abundance. Well, that's pretty simple and that's pretty to the point, isn't it? Swamiji uses the word abundance and he uses it very consciously. Abundance is in itself a very interesting word because it's entirely subjective. It's very hard for anybody to say, you know, what constitutes abundance. It depends on what your expectations are, what your background is, um, what your own inner level of contentment is, how insecure you are, where you find your security, and also the word abundance can apply to every aspect of life. Do you have an abundance of love? Do you have an abundance of money? Do you have an abundance of comfort? Do you have an abundance of talent? Do you have an abundance of opportunity? You know, do you have an abundance of friends? Perhaps I said that. But just where, what is abundance and where does it come from? So Swami just puts two words together. The more you share, the more abundance you will have. And the implication is that whatever you're sharing, you will have in abundance. And there's tremendous support for this principle from physics to the Vedas and to the Christian Bible. Um, you know, the, um, just the idea that to those who have, more shall be given is how the Christian Bible puts it. And then it even says, and to those who have not, even the little they have will be taken away. Which, when you read it, sounds really horrible. And you sort of wonder who would follow a man who would tell you that. You know, those the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. Like, what kind of a teaching is this? But the actual um, metaphysical interpretation of that, when you understand it from the Sanatana Dharma point of view, is that those who, who live and act from an attitude of abundance, then their abundance will increase. And to those who live and act from an attitude of lack, that attitude of lack, they'll, they'll just, it will, that also will increase, that feeling of lack. And he puts it to those who have, more shall be given, to those who have not, even the little they have shall be taken away. But he doesn't, he doesn't express Jesus in, the, in that verse, it's not expressed, have what? And that's where, um, when Master interpreted, he put in, have an attitude of abundance. Because then it does make sense. Now, of course, if one has an attitude of abundance, then sharing is self-evident. When people don't share, it's because somewhere in themselves they are persuaded that they don't have enough. And again, it's really not a question of how much you have. Some people with great wealth are, are very, I mean, stingy to the point of miserliness with what they have. And some who have almost nothing, you just can't imagine not giving away the little they have. Again, going back to the New Testament, there's the, the story of the, what they call the widow's might. And it was, uh, people were giving in the temple, but when a rich man gives a rich donation, it, it doesn't diminish 
his capacity, I mean, to eat or to live comfortably, it probably makes no difference at all. But when a very poor person who barely has enough to eat gives a portion of what they have, then that act of generosity is is much more profound. Um, and so that's the story of the widow's mite, that the, the tiny mite that was given by that widow was a much bigger donation than the sack of gold that was given by the rich man. Because for her, the proportion of, of the totality and also, you see, the belief inside herself that she, she had sufficient abundance to give this, or the belief inside herself that God would take care of her, where the rich man in this story is risking nothing. He's absolutely risking nothing. Of course, his mind could be so twisted that he felt like he was risking it, but that's also just the twisting of the mind. In, in a spiritual tradition for, for millennia, there has been this idea of tithing, and tithe means one-tenth. And it, it's, it's in the Old Testament, and then it's, it's picked up by Jesus in the New Testament. Tithing tends to be considered a Christian practice, but it was already a Jewish practice, which is why Christ put it there. In the Old Testament, it talks about how you, you take your flock and, and you hold up your staff, and nine of your sheep go under the staff, and then the tenth one you touch with your staff and you pull that, that sheep out and you give it to the temple. And it's so one-tenth of everything I have belongs in the way we would put it in modern language to the source of your inspiration, to the source of your divine inspiration. Because we can't literally give something to God. There's no address, there's no place to give it. So you give it to, to that entity or individual through which God's, you feel that God's inspiration is reaching you. And one-tenth is the traditional amount. And if you ever start practicing tithing, you really understand why, why the tenth is a really good number. And bear in mind, the tenth is not a donation. It's not, oh, the church needs a new roof. I'm going to give some money for the roof. Oh, there's missionaries going to South America, and I'm going to give some money to support the missionaries. You know, this man here needs food. I'm going to give him some food. It's, it, it, the understanding of tithing is this 10% was never mine. It never belonged to me. It's not my discretionary income. It's that whatever comes to me, 90% is mine, and 10%, and this is another way of thinking about it, is the commission I pay for God putting me on this planet and allowing me to earn a living at all. It's like I owe him a commission, a finder's fee, or whatever you want to call it. It's just not all mine. When I have worked with tithing, which I've been working with it for many, many years, and sometimes when I would travel, um, I would be paid in cash, or people would give me checks or something like that, but I, always would, I would always keep the money separate. I mean, now, of course, when you have automatic deposit, it doesn't quite work like that. But whenever money comes into my hand, as soon as money comes into my hand, I divide out 10%. Whether I keep it in two envelopes, two different wallets, two different jars, or just I get a check and then write a check immediately. So that there's never any thought. This 10% never even goes into my own purse or bank account because it's not mine. It's just like I wouldn't take your money and put it in my purse. 
This is God's money. It goes directly to Him. And 10% is just enough to make you think. And, and as one uh, wonderful uh, tithing expert put it, he said, if it doesn't make you a little nervous, it's not enough. <laughs> it, it should be enough that it's an actual act of faith on your part. And when people are very well-to-do and their income is very high, 10% of income is a big check. And so if a person is writing a big check, they notice it. If you're not very well-to-do, 10% of your income is a small check, but it feels like a lot because the total is small. So there always has to be this pushing out in faith, which is the whole point. I can speak from experience because I've been a very steady, regular tither for many decades, and I can't quantify it. I can't make lists of miracles. Some people can, but I can't do that exactly, except that I just know it matters. And I know every time I think, oh, maybe this time I won't. I have some justification in my mind. Why shouldn't? I always think, don't do that. Just don't do that. To those who share, there will always be abundance. And if we're going to share with others, we should share above all with the source of our inspiration. I mean, think about it. If you're at all inclined toward spiritual upliftment, and there is a person or a place from whom you draw inspiration, do you want to just keep taking? And everything in this world, sooner or later, as Master said, Master was so practical. He was, he was so elevated in his thinking and so practical. He said, every good, noble, or philanthropic work in this world, sooner or later, comes down to a matter of money. And it's just a very practical fact. And it's not by any means that there's anything nefarious or out of balance with that. But if there's a building, the insurance has to be paid and there has to be a heating system. If there's an individual, that individual has to eat and generally speaking needs a roof over their head. If that individual has children to raise, then those children have to be raised. And the person or institution that you're supporting may and may and it should, and you should pay attention, be operating according to the highest principles. But sooner or later, that's just this, the way this particular world works. And if everybody actually recognized that just as I support my own life, and this is how one begins to think about tithing, I pay my rent, I buy my groceries, because they are essential to my survival. So why do I think that God's inspiration is not essential to my survival. And so we be, that's where the tithing comes from. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, would I even have any of these opportunities? What, where do these opportunities come from? You know, have I created them myself or have they been gifted to me? And even if I've created them myself, where did the opportunity to create them come from? Where did the talent come from? Where did the energy come from? Where did the life force, where did the health come from? Everything. And so if we think in terms of, first of all, the abundance of God's grace and the first fruits, as you put it, the first fruits, the first 10%, then goes to the source of my inspiration in affirmation of abundance and in gratitude. And that also sets the tone within us that that of abundance, 
and that we can share. We share friendship. You know, many people want friends, but do they actually reach out to become friends with other people? There was a woman in my life, she's still a very good friend, she just doesn't live as close to me anymore. And I always admired her because she was completely unselfconscious in her friendship. If, if the inspiration came to her to bring a bouquet of flowers or a pot of soup or um, just to come over to chat for a few minutes or she had a tremendous intuition, she would sort of walk in and say, oh, your shoulder looks a little tight. Or I think you have a, a, a hard spot right here. And then she'd just sort of work her hands on you for a few minutes. She was invariably correct. And she was invariably correct, I began to appreciate, because her thought was always, how can I be a friend? What can I give? How can I help you? So we sit and wonder why nobody takes care of us. But we should ask ourselves, what am I, who, who am I caring for? What am I caring for? And the same with financial resources, heart, giving of the heart, giving of financial resources, giving away the things that one's, one owns. It just becomes uh, an everyday practice that also every time we give something away we're, we're also affirming the fact that energy in this world is a flow. Someone was talking about someone who, whose behavior was a little confusing to me personally because it seemed to me that they were very financially secure but they seemed to have a tremendous amount of anxiety around money. And the person said to me, well, so-and-so believes that money is a limited quant is that, that that believes that money is a limited quantity and there's not much of it. And I think about it the way Swami always talked about money. Money is a flow of energy. Money is just a form of energy. Now we should not um, we should not squander our energy. We should not dissipate our energy. We should not pour our energy down a, a dark hole of, of uselessness nor should we squander money, nor should we just pour it down the drain. But energy of all kinds, whether it's my talent, my words, my efforts, or my money, should be respected, but we should also understand that it's a flow of energy. And if you think about love, if you dam up the flow of love, which is to say you just try to gather it and don't try to give it, not much comes in. And what you have gradually dries up. If you take money and you just hoard it to yourself and dam up the flow and don't let any of it out and just keep wanting to get more in, you dam up the flow and pretty soon it empties itself out. But if judiciously and intelligently we just keep, we share, the word is not squander, but if we share, we will always have abundance. It's a a very important and a beautiful thought to consider. So Swami says, very simply, the more you share with others, the more you will receive in life the blessing of abundance. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.